ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, again, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet us at sfdiocese and use the hashtag ignition. Again, if you're on Twitter, at sfdiocese is the Twitter handle, and then use the hashtag ignition for it to get to us uh, as soon as possible. So um, recording today, we're in Advent now, and my guest co-host this time around is Father John Rutten. Hi, Father. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Would you mind introducing yourself to the rare listener to Lamb Radio? But this is not just on Lamb Radio. This is on podcast as well. There might be some people, Father, who actually haven't heard of Father John Rutten. So <laughs> it's who, very likely who are that there you? are people. Uh, I am, uh, well, now that we're here at the cathedral, I'm a son of the cathedral. I grew up here in the north end of Sioux Falls and uh, was ordained a priest in 2012 sent a couple of years down to Sacred Heart in Yankton and then had three uh, lustrous years Lustry. as pastor of St. <laughs> Lambert Parish in Sioux Falls. Those fine people yes, at that are. parish got this guy finally looking for Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, they they kind of shaped me up a little bit and uh, I could only take so much of a licking so the Lord let me, <laughs> the Lord let me loose. Uh, and I'm currently have been about five months into the mission of Harrisburg area Catholic community as their mission priests. So yeah, it's interesting because there is not canonically there's not a a parish in Harrisburg at this point. God willing, there will be, but yes. because there's not a parish, you're not a pastor. That is correct. And so, so my my business cards, we just got business cards done for Harrisburg, and we were going back and forth on what to say, and I'm like, mm, I better not say I'm a pastor. I'm not. So it just says priest. 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 <laughs> priest. priest. You know, yeah, my title isn't pastor or no. associate or vicar no. general. No, yep. priest. 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 <laughs> priest. Yeah. I always um, say I'm priest on mission. Right, right. So. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's good to have you f- here on Ignition. I was going to say, Father, um, you know, have Father John Rutten, the former pastor of St. Lambert's Parish, but <laughs> just because it, it, was, it was great to have you, but we were we were happy to do whatever our part was in your formation as a priest. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that included you, Chris. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> Go ahead. And your children. Yes. You know? yes. Your, your, your nightly visits to the, to the rectory. Or not nightly, but you know, uh, your yep. visits to the rectory were an important part. That was a beautiful part of my life there, and I'll always remember that. Likewise. Yeah, we... um our, our family lives just four houses down from the St. Lambert's rectory. So father would of, often talk about how you could look out your bedroom window yeah. and see the children of the neighborhood uh, yeah. playing. Running so, around yep. and yep. jumping in leaves. Yep. And- yeah, yep. it was great. All sorts of good things. So uh, we're not here to talk about leaves today, though, Father. Because <laughs> there's snow and ice now. There's snow and ice now. Yeah, uh, if, you're, if you're a listener um, who's not in South Dakota, um, as we're recording this last night, we got our first, actually in the Sioux Falls area at least, the first taste of winter. And 
yeah, it's here. <laughs> but it is December, for goodness sake. So speaking of December, Father, we are in Advent. And uh, you, um, we talked about a couple topics, and, uh, and you had two fantastic ones. But the first one was the quote-unquote holiday wars. Yeah, it... it- and the holiday wars is just keep Christ in Christmas right. in a nutshell. Uh, and it didn't hit me until I went to Walmart looking for an Advent wreath. You couldn't find an Advent wreath for, your, for the life of yourself. And they have Christmas stuff everywhere. They got Rudolphs and Santas. And uh, they they do have some Jesus, Mary, Josephs and things. But like the season of Advent is like disappeared or it wasn't really available to us. So it just got me thinking then, because I was sort of worked up. Yep. And for the first time, I felt like I was a part of the Keep Christ in Christmas. Now, right. it wasn't that version of it. It was the Keep Advent in Place right. War. Right. So, right. The, yeah, so the holiday wars. And so, as- so, so I think this, this won't be the sort of show that most of us think, because more than once on this, on, on Ignition Father, I've talked about how like I, I love Hy-Vee. I love my Hy-Vee, the grocery store that I shop at. And and but the day after Halloween is over, it, it's the Christmas, and yeah. there's no more Advent and da da da. But that's not what. This is not going to be a rant against the loss <laughs> no. of Advent. No, I am here to say, let go. Right. Give it up. There's something greater than the holiday war. Right. It's him. Who. Jesus. Oh, (laughs) amen. (laughs) Jesus. Amen. That, uh, so what it helped me realize or what I began to think about is I can live a Christianity that's constantly reacting to everything. I live reactionarily. And so what I really see of Christianity is that I'm here to defend something. I've discovered Christ and the church don't need to be defended. They're like all powerful. (laughs) They like uh, are the beginning and the end. They don't need me. And, uh, so if if some news commentator is talking about this, then I live like always reacting to what everybody's doing, um, and there's I understand some sense of that, but it really put me in this position. And the other dynamic to it is I'm from a secular world not long ago, and I know what happens. We're just one more voice. Hmm. We're just like they just turn the channel, next channel, next channel, next channel. So, so like, when we get go on our own rants, you mean of, of yeah, our side of the holiday yeah. wars? Yeah, we I, get... it reminds me when I was in seminary, there was a, a seminary in there, and he kind of would provoke me all the time with his ideas and different things, and I'd just get madder than hops at him uh, because he was wrong. <laughs> right. At a certain point, I realized I'm no different than him. I'd like to propose that the holiday wars make us no different than those that have taken Christ out of Christmas. That's hmm. not what Christianity is about. Hmm. Okay. Christianity is about the event of God. Is it possible that my one experience, my one recognition that Christ really is a presence in my life is that just one in one day is more powerful and carries more attraction and carries more ability to change somebody or to like make me changed right? than a whole season of me trying to make sure that we get Advent Reese back into Walmart or whatever that might be. Um, Christianity is about him. 
that that he's a real presence, not a marketing campaign. This would be a great idea of how, like, so we end up becoming a marketing campaign to try and keep Christ back in. Right. What if I just live my life with him? So what if? Have you tried that? <laughs> and I'm happy. The effects of living the, uh, a battle have their toll on me. Mm. I begin, I become weighty. I start seeing the world in a way in which everything is like judged by my opinion. Maybe I'm right this time. It's, it's, but, but what about like, I get in this attitude where everything I see, I like react as opposed mm -hmm. to looking for the new presence of God or mm -hmm. looking for where I'm surprised or finding mercy for somebody who is totally different than me or having patience with somebody that's different. I, I like grow in my, uh, get with the program, get with the program. And I become weighty and, and like the spirit comes upon me of criticism mm -hmm. of self-righteousness. Um, and this is my experience. This isn't like I'm uh, right. As right. opposed to when I just kind of like let it go, I have joy. Uh, I, I have peace, and like people are interested in that. People are attracted to that. Um, and it's the experience can be that it doesn't seem enough. So I do recognize when I'm engaged like that, when I'm in the war, yep. there's something exhilarating about like I feel the justify, like God likes me now because I'm doing something. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. Uh, but that's the problem. Like, no, God doesn't like me because I'm doing something. Uh, God loves me because I am. Amen. Because I exist, Amen. he has created me in a goodness and he loves me. And when I just receive that, something happens in me. That's what the world needs. The world needs to know that God really is looking at them. And the only way I found, not the only way, but the primary way that I found that occurs is when another human being can look at me with that mysterious way. Mm. And I remember the Protestant pastor who came into the treatment center who, who like ha looked at me and, and proposed a life to me that was so beyond what I could have imagined. Something changed in me. I remember the room I was in. I remember the seat I was in. I remember where he was standing. Uh, the person I met when I was trying to get my life figured out and changed, like I was beginning to you know tell him some things, how crazy I was or whatever. And like the fact that the next time I saw him, he still... He wasn't there to like fix me or to tell me I was terrible or to solve a problem. He was like there to just love me. It like just changes me. And I wanted to then be with them more. And I find myself today wanting to be with people who have joy. Right. And when I get now into this war, I think, oh man, like we're never going to win. Like, I mean, we right. aren't of our own accord. We aren't right. going to win. Like uh, the, the world is lost to the evil of, but Jesus has come. So father, as, as you're talking there, there are two things that came to my mind and I want to run by them, run them, run them both by you and see if they, they, they 
accord with, uh, mesh with what you've been saying. So um, the first with regard to this idea of the holiday wars is that w- when we engage in that, we are well on our way to succumbing to the temptation to reduce our faith to a set of ideas or to an ideology that we need to defend. So um, we see this a lot in the world of politics, right? Whether you're a quote unquote conservative or quote unquote mm-hmm. liberal, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to stand up for my, my belief, my, my political ideology. I've, mm-hmm. I've got to, you have your views, I've got my views and I, and I, I'm convinced I'm right. So I'm going to um, defend my ideas, critique your ideas and so on. And so we, we do the same thing in our, in, in the realm of our faith as well. Um, we as Catholics believe that we have the fullness of truth. Mm-hmm. And therefore when we see, um, our faith being directly or indirectly attacked or maligned or, uh, neglected, perhaps we want to defend it but we're doing so in a way where we're we're, we're, we're we we might be reducing our faith again to an ideology to set on ideas what do you think yeah. yes ex- it, it's exactly right and that's where i feel like we just become one more opinion right because the conservative and the liberal uh um when you begin to speak in about event of God, yep. of something that comes in from outside and like manifests itself, that transcends all of that. Right. And so if we're, <clears throat> we reduce it in a way that we end up in this, this dialogue where we may have a true position. This is the hard part that I yep. don't want to, our, our position is right. I want Christ in Christmas. Right. <laughs> I, want, I, want I want Advent. More, I, want I want more Advent. Advent. Like there's no question. Uh, but it's how do we get there? Right. And, right. and maybe this would be in a, a way that I could see it is, if I, I could have begun like a campaign against Walmart or, you know, we get adventure. Instead, I did this Facebook post about like this thing. And I'm like, I'm kind of like laughing about the whole thing the whole time. And I put these pictures of Santa Claus and the rain and all this. Well, I mean, all kinds of people are responding and thinking. And I wanted to put together this Advent program at Harrisburg where you know, people got their Advent wreaths, and I imagined every family in Harrisburg having these beautiful Advent wreaths and lighting their candles, and they have their prayers, and 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 you know, Harrisburg's gonna finally save Advent. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is right. me. Right. This is I'm not blaming it. This is me. <clears throat> in the end, it was like exhausting. Well, what prayers and what this and oh, I'm behind schedule and oh, I should have got people to help and and I'm like whatever, you know. So I just, I better get one. I want one. I'm just going to go get one for me. This thing, the number of people, I feel like people of their own like adherence are watching this go on. They've heard me tell these stories. They're getting their Advent wreaths. People are asking me now, what's with the white candle? How come this one does and this one does? I'm like, Yep. You're getting an advocate. Yep, <laughs> like exactly. you wouldn't be asking this question yep. if you weren't. Yep. Uh and and then I realized my mom called and last year I was gonna get she asked for an admin read. And it was I was being a pistol and she couldn't have real candles because there's oxygen in the room. Sure. And so you gotta get fake candles and then you know the batteries or whatever. And I don't I didn't I remember it kind of being a project for me that I was being a pistol, but I didn't end up with the wreath and she had to take cups and turn them upside down and then put the candles inside the right. cups. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so she calls this year because she sees this going out, the, you know, I'd like an advent wreath. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do this, you know, or whatever. And um, I'm like, didn't you have some candles or something? Oh, okay, I'll go see. And um, my point, my point being with this is 
all of a sudden in this, because I was with Christ this year for the first time to do this, I like put in a lot of effort to help my mom get one that normally if I was trying to like orchestrate this big thing, I would have not been able to do my mom because it would have just been too much. Um, And in the end, like three people brought me Advent wreaths and one of them was perfect for the candles that my mom had. And I just said, oh, here they are. And then I'm like, well, maybe the person wanted them for me. Well, I hope they love my mother too. Um, so there's like new life. And my mom is got her Advent wreath and I brought it there yesterday and I put the candle in and it was just, I just felt like this is the spirit of God at work. It's not perfect. It's not exactly, we haven't gotten our Advent wreaths in Walmart. But who knows? Maybe someone from managing Walmart will like sure. come across this one time and be like, oh, well, we can get Advent wreaths. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's not my job. Uh, my job is to look for him in my own life and to live with the joy that comes with uh, following God. You're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the New Evangelization. I'm Chris Bergwald, and my guest co-host today is Father John Rutten, who is priest of the Harrisburg commu- Community Catholic Community. Something. <laughs> Hopefully soon enough it'll be different. <laughs> different, different. Uh, today that's what it is. And we're talking about the holiday wars. And to me, Father, maybe one way to summarize what we're saying is the best way to win the holiday wars might be by putting our guns down. Right. Yes. And and I would also say that initially when I, when I like went through all of this, I could make it a war to get people to put their guns down. Right, In right. In the end... Whatever. Whatever. Do whatever. Like, you go fight the fight. Maybe that's the way. I'm not sure. I just know for me, uh, I want to propose something different. So my second, so ideology was one of the things that I felt like. The other thing too, and you've said it. um, What is ideology? Oh, uh, I, well, I would say, I would say, so when it's a reduction of our faith, it's it, in the context of this, it's a reduction of our faith to just a set of ideas okay. rather great, than a great. way of life is yes. how I would. Yes. Our faith includes ideas, truth, sure. but it's more than that. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by it. The other thing too, though, I think a, a way to summarize what we've been saying earlier or what you've been talking about earlier, um, you and I and St. Lambert's and the Harrisburg Catholic community don't need to save Advent um, because Christ already has. I think that part of, so you talked about earlier, the heaviness that when we take on these burdens, it becomes, because we become the savior. Mm-hmm. We take on ourselves the responsibility of saving whatever it is that we think needs saving. And the fact of the matter is anything that needs saving has already been <laughs> saved. Uh, and I, and I think in this way, um, again, related to this idea of, of being a combatant in some war, um, too often that, that weariness and the joylessness mm-hmm. that comes from that is because we have unintentionally, um, made ourselves into the savior. Yes. Uh, rather than recognizing that Christ has already won. Lord, what, what do you want me to do? Where, where do you, where do you want me to play in the street? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, <clears throat> the Beatitudes, we can see the Beatitudes as the New Testament version of the commandments or something as sure, like things yes. we got to do, as opposed to the Beatitudes are, uh, the Beatitudes are God's very kind and nice way of saying, you're nothing. Right. <laughs> like, you don't have power, my friend. Like, right. let me be the power. <clears throat> right. Uh, let me be the savior. And 
people think, when people hear profound conversions, they often are associated with profound poverty, pains, mm -hmm. alcoholism, mm -hmm. bottom of the barrel, I was going totally wrong way. That doesn't have to be. Right. The, the conversion comes about when one realizes I really am powerless right. in front of this right here. And, and standing in Walmart, having the guy tell me there's no Advent wreath, I can say, I'm powerless. Yep. And there's a sense of like peace that even comes into me right now, right now. Like what if God loves me so much that I don't have to leave this office and go do a bunch of things in order to be pleasing to him? I'm pleasing to him because I exist. And to the degree I'm aware he exists, I can become more pleasing to him or I can give him more glory or I can witness him more in this world, but it doesn't come about by me doing a bunch of things. It comes about because I realize he is with me. Right. He is with me, like God is here. And this is where I see people's, uh, say I, you know, priests get to minister with a lot of various kinds of people. And the people who are sort of in a path going a different way, a challenging way, a way not that we would want for them, uh, getting them involved with a culture war or not in a, a holiday war or like it, it never produces fruit. Right. It's incredible to see what happens in people when you and get them involved with the question, has God been in your life? Mm. A lot of times they don't even know what that means. They don't even know. And I'll have to be like, well, you know, if I say like, if you ever met Jesus or if you ever had an encounter, like they don't even know where to begin. Right, right. You know, well, has God been in your life? Sometimes they can get that. I mean, sometimes you have to go, have you ever experienced something that you couldn't explain? Right. Like they don't, we don't even, they don't even know the experience of this stuff, but they know the experience. And the times that they'll begin to pause for a moment or they'll start talking about it and they'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, this. And then you can like lead them down this path. Like real light comes in their face. Their eyes change. <clears throat> and all I can say is, this is the work of the Spirit. This is why God became man. This is why the church is still relevant in the world. So this, Father, this is to me getting to, and we have about five minutes left in this episode, getting at, uh, when we were talking about this episode, this gets at what you're just saying now, what Christianity actually is, where it's not an ideology. Um, it's not an opinion, one opinion among others. Uh, it's not a reaction I'm making. It's not even an argument. Mm -hmm. It might include that, but it's much more than that. What is Christianity? The event of God among us. The event. Something happens. <laughs> we, we, we still have four minutes. <laughs> right? Uh, and the search for the origin of what it is that happened mm -hmm. leads me to a history. It begins with a person. It begins with a place. It begins with this dynamic. And it leads me to this place in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. There is a real people that manifest this 
In your life, something happens. And to be faithful to it is to live a reasonable life. That as I follow this new thing that's happening, I realize it originates here, it originates there, it originates here. And I find myself living with people I would have never lived with mm-hmm. before. I find myself desiring the sacraments that I thought were totally irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I find myself reading scripture and filled with life in a way that I'm thinking, what is this? I just spent an evening <clears throat> with someone the other day and they were talking about how they stay at mass in Harrisburg now and they aren't even bothered that they don't that they're missing their football game. Mm. Right. What? Right. What? Like this guy's not on a committee. He's not like he's just been coming to mass and he's been realizing there's something happening. Uh but I'm not giving him a battle plan. I'm speaking to him that God is real in my life. And he's begun to think is it possible he's real in mine too? And he and his wife were just talking about it the other day as they left. Like, you're not even antsy. And then he says that, but I did turn the football game on immediately when we walked in the door. <laughs> but they stay for a 45-minute presentation mm-hmm. after mass. And he has a football game going on that he used to worship. It's, it's so it's it's... Totally, it's not coincidence. It's providential that you used that he used to worship. His his priorities are being reordered. He is being changed. He is being. This is what transformation, yes, in Christ looks like. This is what the process of sanctification of being made holy looks like. Mm-hmm. Going from um, I've got to get out of church as soon as the last word of the last verse is said, if not sooner, so I can get home. And I'm sure he's watching the Vikings. I mean, that must be the team. But anyway, <laughs> um, to, you know what? I want to stay here. Yeah. That's a, must, but that's so insignificant. No, it's, it's everything. It, yep, yeah, it's everything. It's everything. And for me, I look at it and I say, that's <clears throat> everything. Okay, what's going on here? Uh, do we see that I didn't plan this? Right. Because then I can live it freely. Uh, do we see, do, am I willing to ask him what's going on? Okay. He says to me, unprovoked, he sends me a message and he says, uh, Father, I've invited three people to come to our community and I don't even know if they're Catholic. Mm. It's like, I've never shared my faith with anyone. I realize, So I can ask him, like, what is it that's moving? Why is this happening? And, and what would he say? He would say that there's something happening in me. Well, that's really helpful for me to grow in confidence that I'm enough. The reason that I get into battle is because it feels like I'm doing the right thing. What if it's true that I am enough, that Christ transforming my life can provoke in another person in a totally unplanned way the transformation again? Amen. That will, thank you, Father. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Uh, if you have questions about today's episode, please email us. Um, I'll send them right on to Father. <laughs> uh, ignition at sfcatholic.org is the address. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. 
click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.